When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, May 22nd, the too big, too small, just right edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is 10. We live in Los Angeles. I'm Zach Rosen. I make another podcast. It's called The Best Advice Show. And I am dad to Noah, who's five, and Ami, who's two. We live in Detroit. And I'm Maribel Quesada-Smith, a video and podcast producer. I also co-host the Pulso podcast. I'm a mom to Renzi, who's two, almost three, and we live in Phoenix. Today on the show, we are going to be talking about family composition. We have a letter from a listener who thought they were content with only one child. But now they're feeling pressure from family and friends and the clock to make a decision on if they're going to add more. So we're going to give them some advice, and we're also going to talk more broadly about what it means to decide when your family is quote-unquote complete. We heard from a lot of you lovely listeners on how these discussions have gone with your families, so be sure to stick around for that wonderful advice. Then we'll wrap up the show with a round of recommendations. See you back here in a second. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... Must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, we're back and ready to hear our listener question. Hello, I'm a longtime listener of the show, and I'm currently married with a four and a half year old son. My husband and I are high school sweethearts and agreed early on that we are a one and done family. We do a lot with our four year old. We go geocaching, magnet fishing, sports and academics. I have now just turned 40. And after learning most, if not all of our friends and family are expecting or have already welcomed at least a second child, my age is kind of giving me pause. My husband is not interested in a second, and to be honest, I'm not sure I am either. But my age and family history, I wasn't only, have me doubting my much earlier life decision. If we have a second, we can't afford to give him the life that we gave our first, which seems kind of selfish and frankly unfair. I also know that a lot of people say that by having siblings, you're giving them best friends for life. But really, the only thing that's guaranteed is that resources are going to be divided and they're going to receive less attention. Would love any thoughts. What do you think, Maribel? Oh, so I feel like this person, like I'm the same person. 
I hmm. I can totally identify with them. In fact, we're even close in age. So <laughs> I myself had a difficult pregnancy. We were actually expecting twins and our daughter passed away after hmm. being born. Hmm. So because of that and the trauma that that caused, we decided that we probably were not going to have more kids. But I've always kind of been 50-50. And my husband, just like this person, is like 100% no. He doesn't want to see me go through it again. He doesn't want to risk anything. But also there are other things that I think about as well, just like this person, like resources. I mean, it is very expensive to have children and to raise them. It's expensive to even, you know, send them to school or to clothe them. And there are many things that we like to do together, like travel, that I feel would be a lot harder or almost impossible to do uh, with more than one kid. So I completely identify. And I will say there are two things that stick out to me. So one is that your husband is saying he's not interested. And I think that's really important to your relationship in the marriage. Like, I think a lot of people don't think about their marriage when they're having kids and they, they don't realize how much their marriage will change or evolve. And so if one person is clearly saying no more, there needs to be respect of that or you need to make sure you're having deeper conversations about the reasons behind them because you, the last thing you want to do is to ruin your marriage over having more children. So I think about that, like how is my relationship going to be impacted if we bring in more kids into the mix, because that's going to add stress, both financial stress and just mental stress. Um, and then the other thing that sticks out to me from this question is that people keep saying that they'll have a best friend for life if you have more kids. And I think that's bullshit. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm one out of three. And I am not best friends with my siblings. I love them. And I like seeing them. And I like hanging out with them. But they're not my best friends. Mm -hmm. My best friends are not related to me. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Your kid will have best friends that are not their siblings. That's normal. Like most of the time, to be honest, in my experience, the siblings, all they do is fight. And that's more stress on you. So that's something that I think about too. Like, do I really want to deal with my kids fighting all the time? And like, I see other parents always dealing with that. So I, I think that, that it's oftentimes seen with um, rose-colored glasses when people say that, like, oh, but they'll miss out on their best friend. No, that's not a sibling's job to be your kid's best friend. I think that's just, uh, you know, something that people say, but they don't realize how much work it actually um, adds to a family. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it doesn't seem like you want this kid. Your husband definitely doesn't. It doesn't sound like you do either. It, to, to me, of course, it's, it's up to you and not us, but you did ask. And it doesn't seem like these are good reasons to, to have the kid. I mean, I'm biased. I have a second kid. I'm glad we did it. But we only did it because both of us were on board to if one of you absolutely does not want to have a kid, you shouldn't have a kid. I mean, it's way too big of a commitment to, to bring a kid into a world where 50% of the parents don't want to take that on. So I would say don't do it. <laughs> I am also in the don't do it camp. And I am, I can't relate. I'm in a different situation, obviously, uh, as a single parent. It's kind of like the decision for me has been made. I'm almost 40 and 
I don't know that I'll have another child. And for a long time, I really wanted another one. And I expected that I would meet someone and have another baby. And so I'm 38. And now, you know, I think about like, how much time do I have left to have another child? And I think that that's maybe more of what you're grappling with, like the idea that maybe at some point I couldn't. So right now, while you still can, you know, or you feel like you still can, shouldn't you, you know, like, do you want this decision to be made for you by time or do you want to make it for yourself? That's not a good reason to have another kid. You know, like I could see if you were like, I'm really on board. I really want another baby. I want another baby so bad. How do I convince my husband? He definitely doesn't want one. You don't really want one. It's going to be difficult for your lifestyle. You know, you've talked about not being able to give these children the same things. Um, I think you should just delight in that sweet little four and a half year old that you have and be grateful for him and, you know, just honor the the decision that you all made a long time ago. I also noticed that in the question, you're saying that there are people around you who are having their second kid and that seems to be creating some kind of pressure. Mm -hmm. And that is such a thing that we as human beings have to grapple with it's it's the idea that because others are doing it we need to be doing it too or because society expects us to do certain things we should do that as well i i grapple with that all the time so much of the things we do as parents happen because of what our neighbors are doing or the friends are doing and i think that that's a mistake like we need to find our own way and really ask ourselves why do we want what whatever it is we want Uh, Because I agree that it doesn't sound like you want that other kid um, based on your lifestyle, but it does sound like there's pressure around you to feel like you do. And I can completely relate because every time I go home to Mexico, when's the next one coming? When are you having another? And it's like, I should just send an email before I traveled and be like, we're not having another kid. Do not ask me this question. (laughs) Or print it on your t-shirt or something. (laughs) Yeah, and like this is an entirely different issue, but I think it's related. You don't want to have one now, it seems. If in like eight years you're like, shit, I really want a kid, foster a kid. Yeah. Or adopt a kid. We need that. Yeah. And, yes. you know, do that when you actually want to have the kid. Actually, Slate's own David Plotz um, from the uh, Political Gab Fest gave me this advice on my show. And I'm wondering, I want to hear what you two think if, if it can be extrapolated onto this decision but his advice was like when you um are invited to an event um let's say it's a wedding six months from now and you're trying to figure out if you want to go imagine if it were tomorrow if you would want to go to that wedding tomorrow then you should rsvp yes um so like imagine like you have a second kid tomorrow do you want to be getting up with that kid tomorrow at 4 a.m and being a parent to a second kid like tomorrow um and if you're feeling like uh that doesn't sound good Again, that that might be, you know, yet another um, factor in in making this decision. Yeah. I wonder what you all think about the idea that having an only child is not always good for their psyche, like in the sense that we might put too much pressure on them because they're our only attention or source of attention. The way that your parents' expectations can be heavy when it's just you. You know, the idea that all the hopes and all the dreams and all the fear mm-hmm. fall on you. You know, um, sometimes I wish that my mother had another child to divide her attention because of, you know, just how intense 
she was in terms of taking care of me. But, you know. I mean, I, I totally get the impulse to want to have a second kid. It's, but, like, I think about my parents aging now, and I'm so grateful that I have a sister to navigate that with. Um, mm. But again, that's, it's navigable without them. There are other, there are cousins, there are friends. It's not, that's not a reason to have a kid to deal, you know. So, so yeah, there's, there's benefits to both, but doesn't sound like you want them, which is great. Like, like own that and be happy with it. You should not feel ashamed that you just want to have one kid. That's great. That's it's fine. Great. You should know what you want. That's awesome. And I wonder how much of it is maybe biological. Like, I think that sometimes our actual biology is making us feel like we need to have more. And that's just a normal part of being a, a human. Uh, there might be actual, you know, psychological reasons that make you feel confused about whether or not you should have another one. And it might not have anything to do with your actual desires, mm. but more so your biological desires. And in understanding how to differentiate that, could be really helpful here. Yeah. We're going to continue this conversation, but not before another quick break. We'll see you here in a second. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back. And as this question of family composition is so personal, we thought it was only fitting to hear from a few more voices. Hello, I'm responding to the uh, number of children question. I ended up with one mainly because I nearly died when I had him and he almost died as well. So I think that there's a lot of folks in the world that believe that their ideal number of children will just manifest themselves. I was one of those people. I wanted four kids and I ended up with one and a hysterectomy. So I just think that there's a million ways that we form families. And I think that they're all valid. Um, so thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Yeah, I think we do need reminding all the time that there's a million ways that we form families and that they're all valid. I, I really appreciate this one. Mm -hmm. Same. I can totally identify with her journey and the difficulty that pregnancy can bring. So I completely understand the point of view and I respect that. Okay, let's hear from another listener. Hi, my name is Holly, and I'm calling about the family side decisions. I think I have kind of a funny approach to how this worked out for our family. We um, started with one, of course. We adopted our first child because we had always wanted to adopt. 
And then when we were settling into the idea of her being an only child, or maybe thinking about adopting another one, I got pregnant. And that wasn't ever really a part of the plan, but it turned out wonderfully. So then we had two. And then since then, since 2020, when our girls were tweens and young teens, we have hosted three exchange students. So we've had often three in the house, and now I consider those three children also my children. And so I kind of have five children, and I imagine we'll have more that way. And I think it's just been wonderful. A lot of times I will say to people, that I think I was always meant to parent three children, just not three little ones, because I could have never done that. God bless you, Elizabeth. But three teens has been fabulous and wonderful and everything I ever hoped for as a parent. Thanks. I, I think about um, fostering and adopt, like Sheer and I think about fostering and adopting sometimes, but I always forget about the exchange student. The exchange student is such a great one. That yeah. seems like a... You know, like if you're like a way to kind of dip your toe into that, that mode of parenting without, you know, fully diving in. I really love that. Mm -hmm. I do, too, because like you said before, there are a million ways to form a family and there's no such thing as just having a family with your biological children. I mean, there are so many kids out there who need mentorship and help and support and love. Some kids can't get that from their biological parents, even if they do have them in their lives. Mm -hmm. So I think opening yourself up to those opportunities is wonderful and it's such a good way and alternative to, to grow your family. All right, here's our last letter. Hi, mom and dad. My husband and I are the parents of four fabulous little boys. Before we had kids, I was confident that I wanted two kids that were spaced five to six years apart. That way we'd only have one in diapers or at daycare at a time. And it seemed like siblings that were spaced further apart tended to get along better. But that kind of went out the window in the first few weeks after our oldest was born. My husband and I were soaking up that new baby joy. And we knew in that moment that two of these precious beings just wouldn't be enough for us. We did not want to be in the baby and toddler stages for 20 years. So we had our second two years later. I did read a study somewhere that three was the most stressful number of kids. And four was the least stressful. The theory is that you're outnumbered with three, with four, they're paired up again, and the oldest kid can serve as a helper or a third parent figure, and you sort of succumb to the chaos. Sometimes I wonder what our lives would be like if we only had our eldest and second, or if our kids were spaced out like I had originally planned. That might have been easier on our pocketbooks, but I don't know. I don't think I would have felt complete in the way I do now, and that's worth every penny that we've spent on our family of six. And... I'm so grateful that this is the way our lives have turned out. That study about three being more stressful than four is very interesting. Mm -hmm. I call bullshit on that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see the resources that went into that study. Uh -huh. <laughs> but the idea that each had, like, there's, you know, that they're paired off, I, I can see that. But yeah. Yeah. Four. Good on you, but Rachel. You know, four. Amazing. But you, but you know what I do have to say is that I grew up around cousins who were made to be sort of like the parenting figure because they were the older one. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't healthy on their psyche either. Because at some point, they were robbed from their childhood as well. You and felt so weight I, on them. Yeah, because they felt a lot of weight on them and a lot of responsibility. It's different to ask your kid to hold your other kid's hand or to help you get them dressed, you know, here and there. 
But sometimes parents really rely on that older child to watch the kids, to make sure they go to bed on time, to set mm -hmm. boundaries and responsibilities, and that's mm -hmm. not okay. I mean, in my opinion, that doesn't mm -hmm. yield for a healthy relationship in the long run. Mm -hmm. Thank you again to everyone who wrote in. If you have any thoughts on family size or advice of your own, you're not too late. We still want to hear it. Send us an email at momanddadislate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-357-9318. That's also where you can send any questions you may have. It is finally time for recommendations. Zach, what are you recommending? I have a very quiet act of rebellion that I'm going to recommend today. <laughs> okay. As the parent who works from home, I am the de facto laundress. And there's just so much fucking laundry <laughs> that one, th I, I don't know how much time this is saving me, but it gives me, it's kind of a form of very subtle catharsis. Embrace the uh, notion of mismatched socks for your kids. Don't try to find, like, they're, they're, these adorable <laughs> little socks are so small. I don't understand how any parent can keep them in pairs unless you're only buying one pair of socks, which is... I think a parallel recommendation, like only get like white tube socks so then <laughs> you can't mismatch them. But with both of my kids, I mismatch their socks. I kind of feel like, oh, it's funky, it's quirky. But like with the amount of time I'm spending doing laundry, I'm not taking an extra, you know, five to 10 minutes per load, which adds up to find the tiny little pairs. So embrace mismatched socks. And I can imagine type A folks are going to think this is nuts, but I don't know. I think it's cute. What about one of those laundry bags that you can zip up and put them all in there? I wonder if that would work. What do you mean? You know, the laundry bags. I get. I have laundry bags that you can put, you know, items in there that get lost easily or your bra, things that are more delicate. Oh, and you wash them all together? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah and you oh, zip them up and then everything washes together. Literally have never heard of that. Oh, well, wow. then that's, so my you, that's my recommendation. I like this. Wait, so what do you put in there? So all kinds of things. I'll put in items that get lost, like certain socks that I don't wow. want to lose. I'll do bras or other delicates, things I don't want snagged, things like that. They go into the laundry bags and they sell them in different sizes. And they're and just you fabric dry them? bags. I mean, you're not going to dry the no, bra, but no, like no, you would... they're just fabric bags. They have a zipper. Okay. You put stuff in there. You zip it up. You wash it, and then when you when it comes out of the washer, you unzip and take it out. I don't normally dry the stuff inside the bag because it doesn't dry very well. Okay. Hmm. We should do a whole episode on laundry. We could, easily. <laughs> hmm. Well, I'm recommending Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, the film. Mm. It's very sweet. It's very well done. I have to admit, even though it was a big, important book to me when I was a kid, all I remember about it today is we must, we must, we must increase our bust. Um, <laughs> but from what I do remember of the book and from what I've heard of it thus far, I think they did a really nice job bringing it to the screen. It's a cute movie. It's sweet. Um, my daughter liked it. Child actors were good. Nice film. What do you think is the is the minimum age? I mean, I know all kids are are different maturity wise, I, but I would say eight or nine. Okay. You know, um, there's a little talk of kissing and a spin the bottle game. You mm, know, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of period talk. You know, which I think is fine for kids yeah. to hear because it's important. You know, but yeah, I'd say eight. 
I also heard the new Judy Bloom documentary, Judy Bloom Forever, is excellent. Have either of you watched that? I haven't, but I heard the same no. thing. This might be a nice double bill. Mm-hmm. And that is our show. Please subscribe and leave a rating and review. That helps us bring more people into our wonderful, vibrant parenting community. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Mara Curry. Shasha Leonard is the voice of our listeners. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio. For Zach Rosen and Maribel Quesada-Smith, I'm Jamila Lemieux. Thank you for listening.